Welcome back to the Skeeter's Thing, episode four. And today we'll be talking about our childhoods and how it shaped us. Today's gonna to be a little bit more personal. And um, I'm gonna start off, my, my name is Sean Super, I'm your host. My name's Osa Alejo. My name's Eli Kelly. Justin Gilmore. Jackson Turner. Oh, Andre Davis. Nakai Williams. Andre Nay. Yeah, um, who wants to start it off? <clears throat> well, I think I had a different childhood from y'all. I wasn't allowed to do a lot of stuff outside because they didn't want me to get hurt football. So I grew up wishing I could go outside watching everybody else play. That's kind of sad. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> dang. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if y'all like, are basically from a ski area, but I feel like a lot, I mean, we just grew up the same. Does it make sense? Like we all went to elementary school, went to daycare if you did, or went home and just played around. But I think being, I mean, just, we all kind of grew up in the same space. But aren't you the no, only? No, um, really. Aren't you the only? Um, aren't you the only child? Yeah, aren't you the only child? I am my only child. Yeah, but that's different. That's different. Yeah, growing up siblings is way different, bro. Yeah, I feel like, like it is because I mean, y'all always have somebody to be with. Like me being the only child, I always end up talking to myself. Like I'll be sitting in a room that's by myself right. just, just talking to myself. That's a mental disorder, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm missing this. I think that's something every only child can vouch for. So do you wish you had a sibling? Yes. They start stealing your stuff, they start bossing you around, especially if you're younger. And it's just, nah, you end up wanting to fight well, them. It's, every, not every day, it's not that bad. I mean, no, me and my brother, oh, we fight. We play games together, like PlayStation. I talk to him okay, about football. Okay, but you only have like... Yeah, we're the oldest, fam. We're I'm not the oldest. Who's the oldest? I got a 23-year-old sister. What? 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 <laughs> I got a little brother and a big sister. What? Right. Never, never, never. Never. Well, I'm the youngest in my family out of out of three siblings, and I feel like, like you said, it's a bad thing, but it's also a good thing. Like I am who I am today because of my siblings, and I learned a lot from them. And are you the most poor? No, I just, not, honestly, not because I'm an African child, so you know, oh, yeah, not really spoiled. We all do the same chores. Wait, my sister's spoiled though. My little sister's spoiled. I and mean, my sister's spoiled because she's only girl. But uh, really, no. But all those girls get spoiled. No, my brother was spoiled because he was only boy. So it just depends on the family. I'm the youngest child, and like I feel like as I've grown up, like like when my sister started driving, and like my brother started driving, that they they had like free range. But then once I got my car, like. Everything got like restricted on me because like my mom learned from the other two, and, like right. those, those yeah. with, like the other so, yard and but, like all I'm, the other things. But then again, that's the joys of being an older sibling. Like as an older sibling, we're the role model for our siblings. I feel like our younger siblings. That is, I feel like my, anything I do, my brother does. I mean, I don't feel that way. I know it. Like, if I scream at people, he gonna scream at people. You know, like if you fight people, if I fight, <laughs> my brother thinks it's fun to fight. You know, yeah, but your your decisions is gonna like if you make a bad decision, that's gonna negatively affect them. Like, yeah. Yeah. like he gonna, like let's say you sneak out, now your parents gonna be locked down on this one because he's gonna yeah. do exactly what he did. That's yeah. how I am. Well, yeah, kind of. I have two. I have two younger. I'm the oldest, so like anything I do is like free game because my parents don't know what I'm gonna do yet. Does that make sense? Like they don't know they don't know what to expect because I'm the first one up. So I gotta I gotta I gotta they gotta crack down on you. Yeah so I gotta set it up so they know what to do with them. So I gotta yeah. give them the hardest time possible. Yeah that's that's how like my my brother was. 
and uh, like my brother, oh my God, he messed up a lot. And then my sister, she ain't never leave the house, and so like my mom's like, okay, so the third one, he gonna be good. Nah, that's not that's not how it is. And so like uh, me, like me and my family, we get into it a lot because of like what like what happened a lot. And so um, it was it was like whenever my dad, uh, my mom and dad separated, and then they got divorced whenever I was ten, and because. My dad, he was an alcoholic, um, a drug addict, and an abuser. And so, like, I had to deal with that a lot. Uh, and so, I was outside a lot, like you said. Like, we played outside after we got home. I played outside, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm enjoying life. Little did I know, like, my dad was beating my mom in the house. I had no clue. And so, like, my brother, he took a lot of, like, brunt force from me. And then, like, my brother, like, something be wrong. And I asked him, he'd be like, no, just leave me alone. And I'm like, did I do something? He's like, no. And... I, like, I didn't figure this out until two years ago. And so, like, whenever I was 14, I figured all this out. And then that brought, like, a lot of understanding into a lot of stuff. Even, like, that happened in my life. And so, like, I couldn't, you know, go to, uh, like, certain places as a kid. Like, I couldn't go, like, on certain field trips because we didn't have money. Because my dad, he used, he used it to, like, uh, drugs and alcohol. And so, like, I couldn't go do things that, like, uh, say Justin could have gone to with uh, like the school and stuff or like I couldn't go out and party because um, you know my mom didn't want me like you know getting hurt or getting shot because uh, like I'd be like okay so there's a party going on and uh, like this side of Dallas and she's like no you're not going I'm like why and uh, she's like because like recently like, there's been like a lot of shootings there I don't want you getting uh, robbed if you get out like, really late and so like, there was, like, a lot of stuff that my mom did that I didn't know, and I got mad at her for it, which little Donna, she was just protecting me. And so I feel like there's a lot of kids that go through, like, not as much as what other people go through, and that's, like, a big understanding that some people have about me. They're like, oh, yeah, he lived the perfect life, you know. He's white, he got money, he's privileged. And then that's, that's, that's what I hear a lot. I hear, oh, that's white privilege. No, I work for my stuff. Like, that's the thing. I, I work you know, 30 hours a weekend and then 20 hours a week to pay for what I need to. I pay bills in the house. And because my mom, she, she don't got a job right now. My brother, my sister, me, we, we pay the bills. And so, like, it's a big misconception with uh, white privilege. I, I dress nice, but I, like, I dress the same every day. You know, I dress nice the same, you know? And so, yeah. Just leave it at that. Yeah, but I think so some parents, they're, they're good, like you, what you just said. Your mom, you didn't know your mom was protecting you by putting all these restrictions on you. Because we have our Coach Holland, he does the same thing. Because he tells us all the time about his daughter in, um, in our class period. And how he just sits down and he talks to her and he like talks to her like she's our own age and tells her about the things that are going to happen and all that stuff. So, I mean, just it's just good to know that they're... they're parents understand and they don't, you know what I'm saying, they, they protect us at the same time when we don't see it. Let me get back to that. I just want to say, like, white privilege, I want to um, clarify. When we say white privilege, it's not like you have, like, an automatically good life because you're white. It's just, like, the system, the political, like, political system, justice system, it's just not, it's in your favor more so than minorities. Yeah. And, like, like that, like, that, I can't, like, I can't argue with that because I've seen that mm -hmm. and it's been shown. Do I agree with that? No. <clears throat> like, I don't because I don't, I don't care what color you are. You're a person. You should be treated equally, and that's what I believe. Mm -hmm. 
and the justice system should be set up differently to where everyone has a like everyone actually has a fair chance. Yeah, I feel that. I feel like I have so like I never knew my, my biological father, so the black like my black side of the family I was never around. Like I've never like one of the only the only black like type of culture that I, I have inherited is from my schoolmates and stuff because I don't have the family to teach me like these songs or like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like when we go out, like it was I'm always around white people. So like when when stuff went down with the cops and stuff, like it it would get bad even with white people. Like you think you think that since they're white, it would be different. But like I'm I was this kid in the back seat of the car seat watching my parents be harassed by another white cop. Like I don't believe mm -hmm. in the the white privilege stuff because I've witnessed it firsthand happen to white people the same thing that happens to black people. So it just it just it it's, it just depends on your background because like not many people grow up not a lot of people grow up outside of a family of their own color so they get to witness that you know what I'm saying get to witness firsthand what 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 it's like to really see something like that and you just think that oh it's because we're like this so they treat us like this when really people are just some people are just bad people and they'll treat anybody like that yeah I can right. see that like hate isn't is just in you whether you're black white purple or green, you know, you're either just a good person in life or you're just a bad person in life, you know. But white privilege is real. It, it doesn't just have to be harassment by police officers. You got to look at the prison system that we have in America. Yeah. It's so disproportionate from blacks and Hispanics. I don't want to just make it all about us, you know, but if you look at the numbers of blacks and Hispanics in prisons and then other uh, Ethnicities such as whites and Asians, it's just not proportional. And you can't explain that. Yeah. Only thing you can say about it is just it's not right. Yeah. You know? And, and on, on, on that and on that too, like how you like how you said like there's a hot there's a more percentage of blacks and Hispanics in prisons and yeah. whites. On top of that, like like you guys have seen on the news, there's multiple multiple African Americans getting killed by cops, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that that also like puts in our mindset that if we get pulled over or something, there's a nine nine times out of ten. We if we if we do something wrong, if we make the slightest move, we have the chance to, to lose our lives. And uh, <clears throat> like with white privilege, it's like it's, it's real because think about it, how many how many white white teenagers are dead getting shot by a cop compared to black teenagers. It's just it's just different. I would also like I would like to like I know that. Black teenagers get shot by cops, but I'm pretty sure a lot more black teenagers get shot by their own race than they do get by. Like, you're more likely to get shot by your homeboy that sets you up on a drug deal or something than you are by a cop. Right. So, like, that's not, that's not what we're talking about. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, 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 we got a topic, like, like, going back to, like, the topic we're actually talking about, like, I didn't grow up with a father, and so, like, my mom had to raise three kids by herself, and, like, she worked for everything that she had. And like, uh, what she did, like it installed that in me. Like it gave me a greater appreciation for things that I have, and like, like I work for everything that I have. And it like, and it like, when I go to school, like it makes me want to like work harder because I know I don't want to end up in the system because like, and be another statistic because I don't have a father because like that, there's a high rate of that. And like, so growing up, it just makes me work harder for everything. And I feel like it makes me have a greater appreciation for things. Right. Yeah. And I also feel like especially the generation like before us, 
messed up a lot of stuff in America because that's whenever like uh, you know like white privilege was like shown I guess you know and then that's whenever statistics were shown that's whenever you know fathers didn't want to be fathers they just wanted to you know like you know what I'm talking about yeah. and yeah. they don't want to step to the plate and say like you know I'm gonna be a dad I'm gonna be a good dad because I want to show like my kid what being a dad is actually like I want to like I want to show them how to you know how to man up how to you know shave you know like shave your face for the first time you know I want to show them like uh, how to play football how to play basketball and stuff like that and I, like I feel like a lot of stuff like we've learned on our own because like we didn't have that around I learned how to play football on my own and I learned you know how to um, in school I learned that from my brother because he was so smart and then he helped me out on some of my stuff and um, you know, like, uh, singing, whenever, uh, I got into, like, I wanted to sing, I was in seventh grade, and, uh, everyone in my family was like, you know, you're not gonna be anything, don't even try that, and I was like, okay, so, you know, you're gonna think that, go ahead, you know, that's your, that's your decision, and, no, like, no one really supported me, and so, um, I got into, like, I started getting into the choir, and it, I, I fell in love with it, because, it like I start, like I grew up with a um, love for music. Like my mom, she turned on the radio, and I start singing. And uh, like that's how I fell in love with music. And whenever I got to experience like um, you know like small snippets of like really great things, like you can like you know like whenever you're singing a piece, like you can feel like you like you can feel that it's it's and it's unexplainable once you do it, but. Like, it's it's moments like those that really get you through a lot of the hard times that you have to experience as a kid from this older generation that's really messed up a lot of stuff for America. I feel that. But like, like based on what you were saying, you have to work hard. Like, a lot of people think that with me, living where I live and how I live, like, like they're rich, you know what I'm saying? They got it, you know what I mean? But like, a lot, like, a lot of people don't like to ask, like, where they come from? Like how how do you, how are you there? Like what, you know, my but my family we struggled like we really did. Like, yeah. Like we came we came from Africa fresh off the boat. So like they 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 had jobs. They tried to get jobs, and like they would like the the employers would look right past them because they can't even speak English properly. So like we struggled, and at, at times like in my old house like I wouldn't eat some nights. Sometimes like I'll eat lunchables for a meal like type stuff. Like, like struggling type stuff. And then, you know, we started making a little bit of money. You know what I'm saying? We started getting better. And um, through that whole time, I wasn't baby. I wasn't like, son, everything's going to, everything. Well, I was, it was like, I was given comfort by my faith. Like, everything's going to be all right. God's going to figure this all out. And I had to have faith in that. So I was just like, I, I wasn't caught with my dad. My dad didn't really talk to me. Um, but like, but that instilled like a, like a toughness. Like I gotta figure things out on my own. And y'all think why he so why is he so smart? Cause bro, like for fun, I would have pretend school. Like I would literally get a book out, do math. Like there was a teacher right there, and I had to beat a time or something like that. I'd do that for fun. So like my childhood <clears throat> instilled, I say toughness, resilience, um, hard work, um, time, ethics, and. Uh, yeah, it might be like they got it all, but we worked hard to get here for real. It's not like it was given to us. Yeah.
top of that, my parents, <clears throat> my parents are also from uh, Nigeria too. So, so I know, I know, like everything you just said, I, I feel that exactly. Like people, people will think I have money, or your parents have money, or or Africans have money and stuff like that. But, but as a young, as a young child, like my parents struggled as well. We didn't even live in the house we used to. Um, we had to, well. We had to move around constantly. Like my brother was born in Guam, and my other brother was born in Japan, and that's because my dad was in the military, so that was also difficult. And then uh, at one point, they stopped paying my dad because uh, they fe they felt like he wasn't fit for this for this certain job because he he had an accent and um, he just wasn't able to, to to talk to people on the phone and stuff like that. So they they made him a, a security guard for the company, and he was in the front when. It was an engineering job, so uh, and my mom she wasn't she wasn't employed at the time she she because like school in Nigeria is different from here so you can't you can't graduate a school in Nigeria and then come think you can get a job here it's it's completely different and um, so my dad we weren't we weren't getting paid at all and uh, like you said there were nights where I wouldn't eat at all there there was no good meals there was we ate like once a day and stuff and. Uh, my mom decided she wants to go to nursing school, but she has to take care of us. My dad, we, were, we, we didn't really have that much money. My dad tried to make a business in Nigeria, and then uh, he put so much money into it, and it failed because he wasn't there. He had to be there. He had to, he had to be with his kids here. So then at that point, we were just helpless. And then my mom decided to go to nursing school. And um, at first, she failed her test because it was, it was sad seeing being a, being a young child being taken away from my mom. My mom she went to nursing school because she was in college, and um, when we would say bye to her, well, when she would when she would say bye to us, she would say, "Hold on, let me get something upstairs," uh, and then I come back and we can all go home together. But we, as a young child, we, we we felt that in our heart that we weren't going to see her for a long time, and she was and we were going to leave without her, and it was just sad until she. Uh, actually got a nursing job and, and the things started getting well. My dad got his job back and uh, he started getting paid the engineering salary that he should have been paid and, and, and things just started getting better and we started having more money but it's not like we made money and then threw it away, they invested it in us and, and that's what makes me who I am today. I don't, if I make money, I don't, the first thing I'm going to do is just like just spend all of it. I mean I spend money, yeah, but I always keep a certain amount of money just just to keep in thought about the struggle my parents went through, and, and like, <coughs> I don't want to go through that, and that's pretty much it. So, well, let's talk about uh, bro, growing up African is tough, bro. It's <coughs> tough. Like, like people ask why I talk white now, it's because all I had to watch as like the only way I picked up on English was when I watched like TV shows on Disney Channel as a kid, and what was on TV <coughs> on Disney Channel at that time period, like white TV shows. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that. So that's how I picked up my language. Mm -hmm. And like, and then I went to schools that were predominantly um, minority, like minorities. And um, they talk a different way from how I learn on TV. So they made fun of me for uh, why do you talk white, African booty scratchers, stuff yeah. like that. It's just like. What is it, African booty <laughs> I don't know where that came from, bro. <laughs> We were mean in middle school. These I, kids I realized this. Like elementary school, bro. These kids were ruthless, bro. Like, and I'll go home. Like, I would really have no friends. So I'll go home, be to myself in my room, listen to 106.1. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I, like I had no friends in school. I couldn't tell my parents because my parents were struggling too. So like, yeah. we were all in this together, and like, things started picking up in really high school. <coughs> uh, middle school, it wasn't nothing either because 
I wasn't really cool in middle school. And if you're not cool, then middle school kind of sucks. You were always cool to me. No, you were always cool. I was really cool. <laughs> uh, middle school to me was big culture. Big culture shock? Yeah, it was, thank you. It was a big culture shock for me. Because I went to school with most of y'all at malls. And like, yeah. I went to daycare, so I wasn't really used to meeting people who went through struggles like y'all went through. And then... It just just being there, because that's how I learned a lot, I think, in middle school before I came here. And then I learned more being with you guys again. Because, I mean, going from Moss and where everything's peachy and keen to going to Wilkinson where there's like a fight every other day and people claim to be part of a gang and hearing people cuss in the hallways just because, it was just a big culture shock to me. And I think, and I'm just glad I got the experience because I learned it and got to be part of something that I, I can that can never be taken away from me. So I, I'm truly glad to meet, be in Mesquite, be from Mesquite, and just grow up in Mesquite, period. Because it's taught me things that, that can be taken away and that there will always be stepping stones ahead, even not go to college or move out of, of the Dallas area, period. So I'm just glad for Mesquite in general. That's well, go ahead, bro. Well, me, like, I grew up similar to y'all. You know, I'm not African, I'm just black but me I did struggle a lot growing up because a lot of y'all y'all know like my dad and all like now that I'm getting older like it's easier for me to say like that's not my biological father now, a lot of people don't even know that yeah, like, a lot of people that are, close, that are close to me they don't know that but growing up I grew up in Pleasant Grove you know me my mom's from Oak Cliff she's from Holly Hills so my mom she always would tell me her story growing up, even if I already knew it. But it always was interesting to me. My mom grew up having a fight every day. Because my mom's originally from California, but she had to move back because my biological grandmother was a drug addict. She was a coke addict. So my mom, she, my, grand, my grandfather moved her to Oak Cliff in the projects where my granny, that I look at as my true granny, that's not really my biological granny. Like, to me, family is just taking care of people and loving them. Family isn't blood to me, you know? Because I've experienced that my whole life. Like, my, my granny, she tried to raise my mom, but my, out of spite, my grandfather took her from her because they would argue all the time. So my, my, my mom had to live with relatives. They used to fight on her every day because they just didn't like her. You know, she instilled in me, never let people treat you any type of way. And if they do, you treat them the same way they treat you. You know, so that's why I walk around. I might people might think I think I'm a badass. I don't know if I can say that on here, but I'm just being real. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm just being real. You know, like I just got in me. I'm not gonna let nobody treat me any type of way. You know, because growing up, I grew up in Pleasant Grove. I used to fight a lot. You know, but my mom. She was doing school even then, like trying to make ends meet. My granny was always there to help us. I'm, she's the one that really raised me, my grandmother. My mom, she raised me, yeah, like my mom was always around. Like she never disappeared from me. But my granny is the one that set the foundation for the person I am now, you know, spiritually and mentally. You know, I trust in God with everything I do because of her. But, you know, growing up, more, I moved to Mesquite. 
my mom and my dad, you know, things got better. Like, my mom had a pretty good job. She had a business degree. She was working for Bank of America, a corporate building in Plano, Addison, like different places. But then I started to, like you say, you had a culture shock. I had a culture shock. Like, I came from the hood. Like, you know how rappers say I came from the mud? Mm -hmm. Like, I really did. I came from nothing, you know, to living in Mesquite. Now we have, we have a house that's owned by us. Like we're not renting nothing. We have we own our own house, and it's pretty nice. You know, it's nothing major, but it's nice. You know, it's just the point that when you have to fight for stuff in life, it makes you realize everything is not handed to you. You know, like I'm grateful that I had to go through the struggles with my family that I did when I was coming up. Because if I didn't, I wouldn't be the fighter I am today. Hey. We gonna hold that like we gonna get to a part where we all like say how it shaped you and what you yeah. like appreciate from your parents that they tell you so you can hold on to that thought. Yeah. Um, so, uh, to go off, you, you said you said you were kind of bullied as a little kid. Or? Nah, I wasn't bullied. You wasn't bullied. He was the bully. Yeah. Nah, I wasn't bullied. I mean, we fought like <laughs> so we just fought bullied. to fight. So, so it was you. So to go on, when I was in uh, elementary school. I mean, I also got bullied, but like I wasn't I wasn't originally born from from Nigeria. I was, I was born in, in in Dallas, but uh, <clears throat> as I was saying, I was I was I was bullied by guys because I guess they would just hate on me. But they because I mean I don't even know what I'm saying. Bro. <laughs> I was bullied. I like I also I was also called an African booty scratcher and stuff like that. But it was it was mainly by guys, and, and also I didn't I didn't really know. How to, how, how to talk or, or how to fit in. I didn't have the right haircut. My mom, she would, uh, my mom cut my hair. She'll put me naked in the sink, in the sink, and you know the things that they use for edge up? She used to use that to cut on my hair, so I was like skin bald. Until like, like, like fourth, fifth grade, until, until my brother started cutting my hair. And uh, I mean, I was lost, so at some point, at some point, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, who I am today. I, I try to I try to fake like I was like I was ghetto or something or or I was I, I just wanted to fit in. If everyone talked with with horrible slang, I would talk a horrible slang and then I would sag my pants and stuff like that. I just wanted to fit in and everything and and that wasn't really who I am. Like before I got home I make sure my pants were pulled up and my belt was on and, and all that. So and and like the people I hung out with back then some of them don't even go to school no more. Some of them are in jail. And I looked up to my cousin, and, and, and he's dead because so, of gang, gang violence. And that's what, that's what made me flip my script. And that was in middle school because, number one, I wasn't who I really am. And number two, it's, it's, just, it's not the right way to go. Like you said, you said you came from nothing, right? right. And you're glad you came to Mesquite because it, it, made, you, it made you better yourself. And, and that's, how, that's why you are who you are today. Yeah. Me, I tried to do opposite of that. I, well, I came. Once, once my parents had it good, I didn't physically fit in with everybody. I tried to go back down because I thought I thought that was cool, and that's not honestly. So, once I hit middle school, I flipped my script. Yeah, that thug life ain't for me. I'm scared of bullets. I'm gonna go off what you said earlier. You were talking about um, family isn't defined by blood, cause like my my stepfather, <coughs> he would like that's my dad. Like he he was with my mom when. My, pe my my mother was pregnant, so he knew like what it was gonna take to have to step up, you know what I'm saying? So like, 
growing up, I didn't know that that wasn't my father because, like, he's Hispanic and, like, a darker Hispanic, so he kind of looked like me a little bit. So I didn't know. I had no idea until I was, like, 12. But, like, my mom, like, my mom worked a lot, and she wasn't so faithful to him. So, like, he, I still love him because, like, he taught me. He, he, every night I would work out after my mom made me read, and, like, he would, he would teach me. He would teach me, like, he would teach me stuff. He taught me how to play football. But, like, he was an alcoholic, and, like, through that, a lot of the pain that he felt from my mom, he took it out on me, like, growing up. So, like, like just being abused as a child, it doesn't, it's not, it's not healthy. But, like, I'm past all that now, and I'm, I've matured from that. I still love him. Like, we're still cool. But, like, it, it, just, it just helps you. It just helps build strength and character. But, like, I have, I have a lot of love for him because, like, he didn't have to stay with her. You know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't have to raise me as his own, but he did anyways. And, like. His family is a part of my family too. Like, that's just something. That's a good feeling. Like you don't have to be blood to be related to somebody. Yeah. yeah. Can I talk about grandparents for a minute? No. That's Y'all can cut that part out, right? Yeah. All right, y'all. Right, that was nice. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no, look, I was going to say, like, just talk about grandparents in general, because, like, I, you know, like, like, I'm listening to a lot of y'all's stories, I'm like, I'm just feeling the sympathy for y'all, but it was just something I got from my grandma, because my grandma's from Arkansas, like, my mom's from Arkansas, so my, when she got old and moved to Dallas, my grandma stayed in Arkansas, but just being around her as a kid, I mean, I just think I learned things now, so, so I feel like it's certain things that we learn in life that may that may come from our parents, but I feel like we should give our grandparents their their kudos as well because they have helped just as much just as some of y'all have said in y'all stories. So I mean, I just want to talk about the grandparents and just mention the grand, grandparents for a minute. Well, like, uh, no, you, you okay. um, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know my grandparents. Um, this sounds kind of weird, uh, but yeah, like white people they don't like to stay around each other a lot. Like, white people usually just don't, like, white families don't like each other. And I, like, I firmly believe that because I don't know either of, like, my mom's or dad's parents. Um, I know that my dad's, like, actual dad died uh, back in the 60s. And then uh, my grandma, like, I think she has Alzheimer's right now. Um, I really don't know. I've never met her. Uh, my, mom's, my mom's mom, she died whenever I was two. And then my mom didn't even know her dad. And so... Um, like, well, like, my family, like, they just came to Dallas, and then, um, like, things got really hard, and then these past couple of years, like, things are, like, picking up, and it, like, things are still getting better, but yet, like, we still struggle, but, you know, it's not as bad as it, like, it would, like, or it was, and so, yeah, just want to throw that out there. All right, guys, we're going to um, say how we've matured, how it's made us, how our challenge has made us now, if you want to define yourself. And you're gonna say what you appreciate from the people around you, like during childhood, like your parents and your grandparents and stuff like that. I'm gonna start off. Um, I think now that I'm a tough, um, smart, wise character, and I could attribute that to my parents because they taught me like resilience, independence, and um, they encouraged free thinking. And yeah, I just appreciate that. Uh, I believe I'm also I'm also tough and, and, and I'm also open-minded. Uh, 
I have, I would like to thank my parents too and, and my siblings because they, they brought me to the right path. And yeah, um, I'm thankful that I was taught, like that I was taught to be like faithful and hopeful, even in uh, like the worst situations that you bet like you could ever imagine to be yourself in, and just know that like one day things will get better, even though it might not be tomorrow or a week or a year, but like eventually things will get better, and then uh, resilience and uh, strong-mindedness as well. Uh. I just want to show thanks to anybody who's ever shown me love and anybody who's shown me pain because that's helped me, that's helped me mature, it's helped me uh, appreciate things and find another understanding for the way I perceive life. Uh, I'm thankful for my parents for their compassion and their ability just to show me love and how to chase your dreams. and. Also for the self-awareness, I'm thankful for my grandparents for showing me the compassion and just being able to listen and for y'all just to have y'all as friends and interact with y'all every day as only child. I'm thankful for my mom for showing me love and support and all the discipline and the whoopings because it's given me, it's taught me not to do stuff that other kids will do and I'm thankful for my dad because he acted like a friend and showed me that parents can still be cool. Uh, growing up, like, I think that made me, like, like, hardworking and, like, like, also made me smart having siblings that, like, pushed me to do things. And I would like to thank for my, my mom for not only being my mom, but also my dad, because, like, he wasn't around. So, like, she taught me how to do things that nobody else could teach me. Um, that was episode four. Thank you guys for watching. And we are... Skiers. <laughs> Oh, uh, did you make me say that?